live from Master Closet Studios for the 100th time. You're listening to the only podcast on the internet whose faces are too hideous for video podcasts. It's the Noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Trip. And we're the Noobs. And from the St. Louis Annex offices of Master Closet Studios, we have our special 100th episode guest, Jared. Hey, it's me. Ah, the joys of time delay. <laughs> it's like, it's Jared. Beat, beat, beat. Hey! <laughs> Hopefully our internet connection holds up a little bit better than it has over the last two days. Um, I think the entire world is sucking up all the bits and bytes, and they're not leaving any for Master Closet Studios. So hopefully we will be doing okay this week. And guys, this is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And two sons who have Except for the times where we watch episodes where even I haven't seen them before, but somebody else has. That'd be that Jared guy. That's me again. That's Jared again. So welcome to episode 100. Episode 100, guys. We've been counting it down. We've been saying it every time. Y'all know what that means. Five more to go. Four more to go. We're here. It is episode it. 100, covering the classic Who season 21, episodes 17 through 20, The Caves of Androzani. This is the one where the fifth Doctor and Perry meet semi-immortal drug fiend humans and their pet androids right before the fifth Doctor regenerates, and not a moment too soon. Remember that one? I sure don't, because I've never seen it prior to that. Because <laughs> you've never seen it, because you just didn't want to see it, because of how I, well, no, I, I, was, I, I, so just, I can't say I remembered it, I just, just didn't watch it. Right. This is story number 135, which Tripp says is 35 too many for the episode 100, but that'll that'll be all right. Originally airing March 8th through uh, the 16th. That doesn't seem right. 8th through the 16th. That does not I wrote that down. That's, yeah, that's eight days apart. Uh, is that, a, is that, some, is sort that right? of, is some sort of mistake? Maybe they were airing. Uh, Jared, were they not airing on a weekly basis at this point? I, you know, I wasn't watching it then, but uh, I I thought I think it's weekly. It was weekly then. Maybe still, March so let's do some. I am fashion. I am now. Uh, this makes for great radio, but I am I am pulling it up uh, to see where it is here because I know I just copied and pasted it. That's what it said. Uh, was the was the air dates? But now I'm I'm thoroughly. Yeah, it says March eighth oh, and sixteen. Yeah. That's wow. weird. It's okay. it, part one and part two were March eighth and 9th, and then part oh, three wow. and four were fifteenth and sixteenth. Oh. That's really interesting. So, so I wonder. Um, so eighth and ninth, and so so they would do back to back days, and then wait a, a a week and do back to back days. I guess. That's so like weird. Doctor Who came on Mondays and Tuesdays for a while or something. That's that's interesting. Well, now I'm very curious as to um, how long they were doing that. Uh, so originally aired on March 8th, 9th, 15th, and 16th to 6.9, 6.6, 7 7.8, and 7.8 million viewers. And of course, we know that was uh, that was all, you know, theoretically live viewerships because there was no online at the time. Uh, this one was written by Robert Holmes and then directed by Graham Harper. You guys remember Graham Harper? We've, we've seen him a bit. And uh, so Graham Harper, if I remember correctly, y'all help me out here. Graham Harper is the guy where normally we show a face through glass Right, oh, yeah, isn't that yeah. that's Graham Harper's like thing, right? We know him. Magnified, or yeah, like looking through a magnifying glass, or looking through, yeah, yeah. It's always something like that. And what I what I noticed about this, so first of all, this is this is Graham Harper's first episode that he directed, mm-hmm. or first uh, first uh, series, because uh, he did all four episodes. Uh, so this this represents his Doctor Who debut. So 1984, and then we you know we've seen him again in New Who. 
And we didn't get to my to my knowledge, I didn't catch any, and the wiki uh, didn't point out any instances of the Harper thing where you're yeah. looking through somebody's through glass. However, what was the thing that we did keep pointing out? We never saw the guy's face. Well, we did. Uh, well, there was that. Remember, remember um, the the guy who kept turning to the camera. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. What was that and I was like, about? and and so in the back of my mind, I was supposed to know that guy. <laughs> yeah, he kept like monologuing to the camera for some reason yeah jared were you about to jump in with something there oh that was i don't know if you were gonna go if you had read this or you were gonna uh, say it but yeah, that was actually it. a mistake right right right, right. Um, <laughs> tell us about so, it tell us yeah about the it. <laughs> the actor mis misunderstood the stage directions and so looked into the camera and uh you know so but harper gives it liked that it. extra dramatic effect from 1984 yeah so that's the thing though is that harper liked it and decided to keep it and I, from what the way I was reading it, Jared, correct me if I'm wrong. The, uh, the actor did it wrong. Harper liked it and kind of said, yeah, keep doing that. Am I, am I right about that? Yeah, that's right. So and uh, a lot of people feel it, it helped give it more of a Shakespearean quality to it. Cause it's yes. like a monologue that a yeah, Shakespearean and, and actor would have. In the, in the Wikia, they kept referring to it as the Shakespearean soliloquy. Because <laughs> that's the that's the thing where like Macbeth would like pull out of the scene and talk to the audience. That's what's supposed to be going on. And I mean, it was it was unsettling. Because it was like it was like, it like, keep, like it was like beyond fourth wall break. Yeah. Like it like we've seen fourth wall breaks like where they like all knew we were there. Yeah, it wasn't like it, was it wasn't just like, like a wink and a nod like, where like the eleventh doctor did, you know, Doctor Who and then he looks directly at the camera, you know. It wasn't that. Oh, geez, yeah. This was this was like he wanted our advice. He was yeah. like inviting us in. And I'm like, I am not comfortable with you asking me these questions, I sir. Respect the president. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um it was it was definitely weird. So um there was a part of me that before I got to that little tidbit, just when I saw, oh, this is Graham Harper, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Was that the early version of the Harper looking through the portal, looking through, you know, warbly glass? Was this the early version of it? Was he would have uh, actors yeah. stare awkwardly into the camera? And then I read, nope, it was totally a mistake on the on the part of the actor. So so Jerry, um, <laughs> Trip asked the key question and I didn't I didn't see it. So I wondered if you did. What were the stage directions that he misinterpreted? Did yeah. you did you get that anywhere? You know, I I didn't I haven't looked that up. If you can even find them, I it, don't know. But it didn't that, reference it, that would be really interesting to see. Where I saw that little note, it didn't say what he misinterpreted. Yeah, he was it just said he like misinterpreted the stage directions. Look sideways and like right. I don't know, think for a bit. And right. Then answer. Yeah, like was it supposed like, to be like maybe it said aside, which is supposed to be you know just like off to the side it the, you, it's when like an like actor talks where the other characters can't hear but they totally should be able to hear because they're using their full volume but it's a dramatic thing right yeah. you know they're 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 thinking out loud so that for should our I benefit do this or that? It, but instead, yeah but it's right at the camera <laughs> steered intimately into the camera I mean, like, Should yeah, I yeah, yeah. Like I was watching Dora the Explorer. Like they're like asking me questions. What's the blue about, one? Can you see the president? <laughs> Did he fall down the shaft of the elevator? No, he oh didn't. my gosh! I remember that? All right. So under miscellaneous trivia, I had an interesting bit of miscellaneous trivia. So we've talked about in the past the episodes where everybody lives. This episode gets the unique distinction, at least in classic Who. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if the Wikia was saying that this is all of Doctor Who or um, uh, 
within classic who or no i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry 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 sorry. let me back up this is the first time like in a long time that's what it was but for us i was trying to think if there's a parallel everybody doesn't die not it's not the opposite of everybody lives everybody dies it's every man dies this in this episode the only two characters that survive are perry and uh timon the woman that that booted the the guy out they are the only two to survive and which i was like oh that's interesting and then the wikia goes which by the way are the only two female characters to have appeared in the episode which means every male who appeared on this episode to include the doctor died in this episode and i'm like that is a bloody bloody episode of doctor who if every single male who appeared on screen it's a bad day i guess the only exception would be the sixth doctor doesn't die in this episode but every other male who who appears right dead and um uh and again it said it did say that it was like the the first time since i don't know you know some other some other storyline a long time ago but i can't i can't think of an entire gender dying out in an episode in new who also, like personally that how the old regenerations looked okay all right okay you're jumping ahead man we got to talk about this later okay somebody somebody go into the notes right now i'm going to go into the ad here in a second but somebody go into the notes and make a can we talk about regenerations segment okay because we definitely have to talk about regenerations and jared we're going to need your help okay (laughs) so do my best that's right so guys newton the whovian is brought to you by r5 website management you guys know the drill. You can get your world-class hosting, domain registration, security, website builder, all of your how-to stuff, all at a great price. As always, we've got a special deal for Noobs and the Whovians listeners. Use the code yes. at checkout for Oops. 15% off your entire order, even with time delays. <laughs> Head over to store.r5websitemanagement. Use the code Oops. at checkout for 15% off. That was awesome. <laughs> I just like pointed at the boys and went, oh, no, 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 no. just let Jerry do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect all right guys uh so we are gonna head on into oh you know what um i didn't put anything in the cast i didn't do any research on the cast jared did you have anything uh to talk about with the cast um no anything of not note? really uh, okay no, nothing really of note there unless right. you wanted to talk about i mean the they'll uh, the listeners will have heard the the 0.5 episode primer right um but unless you wanted to get into the, you, the new um uh, a companion Perry or anything like that. No, if if you got into it in the in the point five, um, then that's that is uh, sufficient right there. So, um, but uh, the one thing I will say about oh, the cast is, yeah. uh, I could not get out of uh, get it out of my head that uh, the main gun runner guy. I kept thinking he looks so much like Snake. I don't know why, but <laughs> from Metal Gear, yeah, from Metal Gear, I'm like he looks <laughs> like Snake. I don't know I why know I think that this, guy but. Yeah, no, I could, I could totally see that. I, yeah, with the classic Who stuff, I, I have a, a harder time with the cast because because they're not like current people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more rare to, to come across somebody in the cast that rings a bell to me. Come across a guy that was six in that episode and is now like fifty. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, granted, it's, it's uh, eighty four. And one thing that I do want to point out here is, as I was thinking about it, this episode aired in nineteen eighty four. Jared, if my, if my Trek nerddom holds up here. Uh, TNG premiered in 1987. Am I right about that? Does that sound right? I, I couldn't tell you. I want to say, I want to say, Star Trek: The Next Generation premiered in 87. So, so you could, as we are, 
Well, no, what I'm yes. saying is as we are talking about this episode and laughing about special oh, effects yeah. or, or bat puppets and all those kinds of things, um, I, all I could think the entire time watching this episode is TNG is only three years away. And I don't remember TNG being this bad, but I bet you if I went back and watched some of the earlier episodes, probably, probably would. Right. Yeah. Ew, what is that thing? Yeah. Uh, so let's see, the creature of the week, we, we have relatively little on the checklist this week as is usual with the classic Who episodes, but the creature of the week, we had uh, Shiraz Jek. And so this guy was um, an interesting character. There were a lot of sort of continuity issues that, you know, we, we kept talking about him having that goofy mask and uh, the, the Wakia pointed out that the whole time leading up to the very end of the fourth episode, he's got the mask on and you can always kind of see the one eye and it looks fine and his lips look fine. But when we finally see him, like his skin is all green. So we should have been seeing some of that, you know, like poking through and it just wasn't at like at all at any point. Um, It was amazing for that time to even have that guy at all yeah i'm sure it was i have to say though i hate the the trope oh my face is so terrible and anyone who sees it will be scarred from life and they will pass out and they will probably die just from looking at my face yes when when a grown man who is like a flipping soldier like recoils in horror and screams and runs into the other room and then ultimately to die to a mudslide that he knew was coming like that's (laughs) that's how scary that face was he jumped out of the window. <laughs> that I'd that rather sort die. of trope is impossible to pull off well because either you, it doesn't look scary, or you're like that. What you didn't it, show it? It would have been boiling skin. Right, my it, skin boiled for days in the scorching hot heat. Oh, it's just like green and bumpy. Ew! Yeah. What even is that? And Corbin, I think you nailed it, Corbin. It's impossible to pull that off unless you don't show it. Well, I think yeah. even if you don't show it, then it's like when well, I are just. That's a cop out. You're like not even gonna bother to. No, I, I disagree because no, I would have rather have no never way. seen him yeah. and imagined how yeah. horrible. He was. I would rather yeah. that, but I yeah, still... your imagination is much stronger. And you know what? We okay. Here's here's um here's our weekly segment that I'm gonna start adding into the show notes. Let's reference the movie we just watched as a family. Uh, so we we've been <laughs> doing uh we just watched the Dark Knight trilogy. And holy two face but... Batman. Oh my gosh, um, that was actually really good. That was one where they did it well, yeah. where um they kept hiding it or almost showing it to you. Yeah, and like you could then see the payoff. Then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you then could... he turns his face and it's like, oh my and goodness. The first time I was watching that, I thought that's all we were gonna get. Yeah. The almost reveal is what I thought we were only ever going to How get. How are they always gonna have him facing sideways? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is gonna be weird because we've got a lot of movie left. And then when they finally showed it, it is like, the only time that payoff ever worked for me. But you know what they don't do? They don't hype it up for half the movie about how this terrible his face is. <laughs> yeah, they, they just, just go, show you it. This face, is true. People they don't say even like recoil that. that the, okay. So. I, I will. And he's like, I'm sorry for what happened. Like, he's not like, Ugh. Yeah, ah. he doesn't go, he doesn't dive out of the window to his death. Yeah. 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 He goes, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry for what happened. He doesn't scream in terror. Now, no, I will say I this, <laughs> and, and Jerry, you can, you can back me up on this a little bit. That, that idea of encountering some knowledge, whether it be seeing something or learning something or experiencing something, that the simple exposure to it drives you mad is a classic, not classic who, just classic trope of like 50s, 60s, 70s, 
Um, particularly, Jared, I'm thinking radio drama. Did you did you uh-huh. in, in your in your lifetime have you listened to much radio drama that's like horror based at all, like Twilight Zone type of stuff? No, no, not really. Um, or or I'd TV. say that trope even even goes goes way back. I mean, you, you, I'm thinking Phantom of the Opera, which okay uh, yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know that it seeing the Phantom with his mask off. I can't remember, you know, the story ever leading to someone just going completely insane right away, but pretty close they to it. Insane, and but, uh, uh, you know that that's based on story that goes back, you know, millennia. I mean, yeah. just right. way back yeah. there. So well, and that's what I mean is uh, like I'm thinking of a couple of episodes of Twilight Zone. There was a old timey radio. Uh, Cracker Barrel used to sell these tapes of like old timey radio, and I used to listen to them on my commute to school. And there was one that was like kind of a horror genre. And there was one that, that it, if I had been sitting in, in broad daylight in my house, listening to it, we could have all sat around and listened to it. And it would have been, we would have laughed at how stupid it was, <laughs> but I chose to listen to it at 1130 at night on a dark country road in the middle of nowhere on the way home after a long day of school. And I was like, <laughs> it freaked me out. Hello, and all it was. Nobody there on the bus. You're sitting in the way back. No, no, no. I was driving myself. It's even worse. Because oh, like oh. I could have gone insane and swerved off the road. Like, I don't know. But but that idea of like the knowledge that drives you insane um actually just came up in uh in in Picard. Actually, that that trope is there in Picard, that there is knowledge that if you are ever even exposed to it, it's like Monty Python's joke that kills. I don't know. Jared, Jared knows what I'm talking about. Um <laughs> just yeah. just seeing it you know is is lethal um that kind of thing so so shiraz jack was uh definitely a, uh, an interesting villain we did there was a bit of uh now that you mentioned it a bit of fan of, of the opera vibe yeah. to him of like you know like, especially with the, the face outcast. so scary it makes people faint in fear right which right, right. Is not Realistic. He took so, out three soldiers that were armed by taking <laughs> off his mask. Off mask. The other uh, creature of the week is the queen bat. Uh, so, you, you guys want to talk about the queen bat from no. depths of the underworld? I don't. The it what now? Like, I think it was horrible looking. Looks like so something bad. that you could buy at like Walmart. <laughs> like just one. All right, of the Jared. Things. Here you go, man. This you is why you're here live today. Buy at Walmart and just like, oh, I'm just gonna walk around. And that was half of their episode's budget, probably. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It looks like something you'd see sleeping in the rafters at a broken, dilapidated Chuck E. Cheese. It was terrifying. <laughs> it was like terrifying. Let's remember that this is sick. public t- broadcasting TV. You know, this is you the know, equivalent of PBS. Jerry, that's the thing is, that uh, I BBC didn't realize until the last couple of months i didn't realize that the bbc yeah. is essentially pbs uk i didn't know that yeah. the first i thought doctor is yeah like- i thought british broadcasting company we have the american broadcasting company it's just a it's a you know oh yeah it's a company or is it even the yeah. british broadcasting company or what is the c I, I've assumed company, but I, we could look that up. All of a sudden, I'm wondering. Um, maybe it's not. <laughs> maybe it stands for commission or something like that. I don't even know. Community. Corporation. Oh, corporation. But still, that sounds like a that sounds like a business. Yeah. So, um, I, I've always wondered. I'm like, you know, wh- where is their their budget and everything? And then somebody said basically what you just said, Jared. Somebody on Twitter said something about you know you got to remember that this is essentially PBS for for 
British and you're like, TV. Huh? Yeah. And it was like, wait, what? That was for kids. It's like, well, no, no, but not a, that it's a lot that, more people watch it over there than right. Yeah, PBS right, here. Right. Like somehow, like it got really big early on, is what I feel well, like. They also do, England does fund uh, theater and things right. like, like they, the BBC they put way more much money more the than arts, right? in the US. Yeah. Right. So, um, so yeah, the queen bat was, um, was interesting. The queen bat to me was weird as a, I, so based off of the beginning, well, like the first time we're introduced to the queen bat, wasn't the opening scene that, uh, sorry, not the opening scene with the doctor and Perry, but the opening scene yeah. underground in the caves, wasn't it about the bat killing yeah. somebody? Yeah. It so like, I thought that was, show it. yeah, I thought that was going to be what the episode was about. And then it was like, nope, we need to introduce this monster because later on we're going to need to milk it like a goat and use that to save uh, the the good guys. Like, uh, there's no oxygen for some random reason. Uh, I love the line. I can store oxygen for several minutes. Because a killer. To which your to which your response was what? I can do that. Called holding your breath. <laughs> I love. I, I did love the way he said that. I can store oxygen for several minutes. I was like, breathe. You can breathe. Incredible. <laughs> you can oh store oxygen. Like, what are you saying? Do you have tanks uh, in place of lungs in your? Yeah, anyways, I have these uh these things called lungs in my uh, chest. Right. Yeah. It helps they're, me they're store kind of like air. Tanks. And they just help me <laughs> instead of me breathing it in and it going directly into like my bloodstream and stuff. So at any rate, the, the, I definitely thought that the bat was going to play more of a role. So now it makes me wonder, now it makes me wonder, was it as low tech as it was because it was not going to appear very much or, or there's a part of me that is also wondering, did the art department get chewed out for spending so much money on something that was on screen for all of 90 seconds in the course of four episodes? Like I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely curious because I mean, they're like, like Corbin said, it looked like this would have been more effective if it were on screen less, like the longer you got to look at at that thing. Well, maybe, but the, the more you got to look at it, the more you had to, the more you analyze it, the more you're like, that how is, is terrible like <laughs> yeah and the more you realize it almost looked like one solid molded rubber suit that a guy was walking around in like i don't think much of it articulated at all like the arms didn't move at the legs and uh, right was- right so i feel like brief glimpses of it like we got at the beginning like it running w- by would have been better screen or yeah yeah so um i will say spoiler alert uh-oh the Years pass with Doctor Who, and it doesn't get much more high tech. I mean, the guys <laughs> are still people in rubber suits. Um, I, I can't remember if this made it into a classic Who connection, but I was looking at a, a past episode from I think it was the sixth Doctor, uh, maybe even the seventh, and they, I mean, the the bad guy was like a giant cockroach looking thing, and it was supposed okay. to melt from poison, and it was just they had a bunch of like gray goo coming oh, out from a bunch of holes that. in the costume yeah i feel oh. like you just brought that one up because I, I i was just listening to an episode in the last week or two and i remember you saying it like it turned into green gray goo or something like that right. melted yeah, into gray it, goo. it was it was pretty bad yeah yeah even by 80s standards right. so 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 again we always have to remember um like it has it has radically changed season 12 is like almost 
it's almost Star Trek Discovery level production, mm. which when you compare it to Nine's season, it it's like it's it's unreal the the budget that they must be putting into this thing now. And you've got to remember that that what we're watching right now in 1984, they had the budgetary equivalent of an episode of Sesame Street. You know, like that's that's who we're talking about here. We're talking about PBS. So um, so the fact that we got um, anything to represent the Queen Bat is, yeah. is amazing. Things like green screen and anything like that is is just fantastic. Um, uh, oh, I don't know what made me think of this. Just I'm just picturing the sets and everything. Um, Jared, that lighting, that's just what they did in the 80s, right? Like everything dark like that. Like I seem to remember soap operas. Yeah, well, I mean, American soap operas the, in that the, time that were lit that way. Yeah, I mean the episode was definitely supposed to have a darker tone to it. Right, and, right, right. Uh, but but yeah, that that was that. Honestly, it was of the time. The whole episode, the whole feel of this era of Doctor Who, not just this episode, but the the whole feel throughout the Fifth Doctor, reminds me of growing up in the eighties and yeah. when a teacher caught on to some uh, series that they felt was appropriate to play in school because of its whatever they felt it right. brought to the educational experience. The, the title of one is was called Ghost Writer that I remember. And there was some oh, yeah. like, that was a thing PBS out show, there that could manipulate words to people. And anyway, that was probably a PBS show. But, yeah. uh, you know, the whole feel of it reminds me of that. So it definitely was a, a permeating 80s thing to get the whole experience there. Yeah, and and the um, even things like the frame rate, and stuff like that. It was it was definitely like a like an '80s American soap opera. So definitely very of its time. So, all right. So that uh, that'll bring yeah. us down to um, let's see uh, other stuff we noticed. I don't have anything there, but was there? I mean, we've kind of talked about a, a bunch of other stuff the we've noticed. Robots were like perfected, so like they looked exactly like the people, so they could just be replaced. But yeah. then like the other robot guys just had like the weird face at the and could barely and... move yeah. yeah right and oh and by the way four bullets will burst them into flames that oh, was my yeah, favorite yeah. thing it was like they didn't they didn't <laughs> fall over at all <laughs> they would stand stock still and burst into flames and, and stand, stand there, there burning like a candle yeah. the doctor even walked by one of them at one point just kind of like i i honestly thought he was going to blow it out the yeah. way he like walked around it and stared at it and leaned in a little bit i was like is he about to blow out the candle of of this robot here but uh alas he didn't why does why do they have them at all because seemingly it's very easy to make those androids yeah why wouldn't you make if, all of them like that if like yeah. within the hour that um perry and the doctor were in that cell yeah yeah, replaced, yeah. it takes you like an hour to make one why do you not have <laughs> so many of these yeah it's like the only reason they they waited 60 minutes to execute them was so that they could create those uh fake versions yeah. of them or whatever yeah, it's like one um, every 30 minutes yeah, <laughs> no production time on that at all. Yeah, and also they had like six robots, because like you saw on the screen, it had like the five or six. Oh yeah, dots. yeah, yeah, and he even called them robot one, robot two, robot three. Like, like, robot four, come in. Hundreds. Robot four. No. <laughs> um, and you know what's interesting though is I feel like uh, Star Trek the original series did this too, where you have the perfect robot duplicate of a human being. Like it's only one of them. Well, no, no, no. In, that's the thing is in the original series, it's actually become a trope and a, and a joke that was even referenced in Picard in a way of like, man, there sure are a lot of flipping sapient robots that are out there. Like we just like in the original series, you would bump into one once a month. 
you would come across a planet that you would find out all the people on the planet were actually robots. And then of course, Kirk would have to, you know, destroy them with logic or the opposite of logic or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like we're going to act silly and that's going to short circuit the robots, which will make them blow up. Yeah. That are just like humans and can act like humans and do things like humans and stuff. Yeah. And we they have and to kill them because they're robots. <laughs> because they're robots. Right. But that's the thing is I feel like it used to be, the standard trope was the robot that is indistinguishable from the human. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, we kind of got away from that a little bit with like, like I think Corbin, where you were talking, where you were going was data yeah. where he's like yeah. the imperfect robot human, you know, the imperfect Android who wants to be more human. He's like, and I do not have emotions. Right. Yeah. 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 And his whole thing was trying to become more human. And we've gotten like, we kind of went away where it was like, Oh, it's impossible to perfectly duplicate a human. And now sci-fi is starting to like pull back in the other direction. Like Terminator. Where of course it's possible to duplicate a human um, perfectly. Why would we not be able to do that? <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Um uh Battlestar Galactica, the rebooted Battlestar was was a perfect example of that where you had robots that were indistinguishable from human beings and all this kind of stuff. So I just I, I thought it was I thought it was funny that Trip, you nailed it on the head that in this episode you had both. Yeah. You had the like robot, it was and like then you had totally the android that like was a crash test dummy. Dumb as nails. <laughs> it, like <laughs> wasn't even as lifelike as a crash test dummy. Just stands there, taking Didn't even have shot eyes after shot. On. Yeah, just waiting to explode. It just stands much. there, takes like thirty seconds to scan the person. It's like, yeah, you're a human. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah, yeah. That was the other thing. Was um, I love that the doctor um, caught caught the robots or the androids on a technicality where there's a there's a throwaway line that they are programmed to shoot humans on site and so the doctor's like well i'm not a human and i'm like what android is prepared to make that distinction scan to see if you have two hearts and then be like oh that's not a human oh that's so definitely not, not a human it. yeah and if the and, robots are indistinguishable for, from humans like do oh, that's true. Yeah, do they shoot the, the androids other? too? Yeah, because they're yeah. Um, but and and the way that we get shown that right, because the doctor kind of like does a wink and a nod and doesn't tell Perry his plan, just runs out. We all know what his plan is. But the way that they confirm it for us is showing it from the robot's point of view, which I thought was going to be X-ray vision revealing two hearts, and instead it was psychotronic Technicolor, whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like just this weird colorization effect that showed no information was supposedly heat yeah, signatures. Like, Is that what it was supposed to be? That's oh, right, because that that was the effect that they used to show that the the hiding in a room. Yeah, the fake Salatine was looking through the wall or whatever. Like the color of the doctor's the same color of the wall, like. Right, and so I guess apparently a Time Lord heat signature is different enough from a human heat signature that the robot well, obviously the knows. Right, right, and yeah, then the and then because signature. he is because he is not human, he not only doesn't shoot him on sight, he stands still while the doctor walks behind him, announces what he's about to do, and then does it. I'm like, again, awesome. so now I power the perfect you Android off. and a dumb as rocks crash test dummy. Right, it's, right. It's like ridiculous. So now I power you off. He spins around, shoots you. Yeah, because Salatine is like you know, cunning and and can yeah. see 
can not only see through walls but can see through your lies you know but the <laughs> but the crash test dummy is just like derp i guess I i'll sit here and let you unplug me off. yeah all right so uh let's hop on down into who's who uh so first of all who is perry so the the, the only note that i wrote down was uh jared do you want to say her full name for us oh that's uh <laughs> para pergillium brown yeah, sure. Per, per, I'll take your word for it. Perpergillium per, 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 Brown. Perpergillium. Um, so, that's that's better. There you go. Uh, so what did what did you guys think? I mean, we we kind of you know we saw. Well, Jared, help me out here because uh, wibbly wobbliness of our recording schedule again. We haven't heard the primer. So yeah. how long has Perry been around? Is she is she a long time companion? No, oh, this is her second uh, serial. So oh, she's. Wow. What if you oh. if you include this one? She's the one and a half. Oh, so she wasn't even in the entire last serial. So she became in person. in the middle of the the last serial. Oh wow! Um, now so I happen probably doesn't know that he can regenerate. Well, I'm yeah, sure. well, and yeah, she she that was very clear because she was like, "What is happening right now?" And then she looked die. completely. Uh, dumbfounded when he when he swapped and and everything spins around. Who are so you? she's not she's not been around very long at all, which makes some of the statements early on make a little more sense because we were we were laughing at how uh, the fifth doctor was just like just roasting her left and right yes. for the the whole opening scene, but now knowing that she's a new companion, that almost makes sense. Where that he's doing the whole stupid. this is this and that is that. Well, like, you know, doing the the like slight jabs to see how they're going to respond like he like he he does that some we, we've seen that kind of thing before so that that makes that makes a lot of the dynamics so of this episode make way more sense no he's i was thinking she'd been right. around for a little while so and wow that's and that's, each other. The, there's a little bit here that you guys have as you mentioned uh you guys have missed because you haven't gone through the primer yet uh because i i just got it to you uh, where you could see it this morning right. but anyway the um the the fifth doctor was really close with his companions. He was very much attached to them. And honestly, it, it was three main companions for almost his whole time. It was just the episode, uh, the serial before this one that uh, the last, maybe it was two serials back that uh, Nis, that Tegan leaves for the um, finally there. Or, or So anyway, it's, so he- now Jared, if he's I, if really I connected to right, them. If, if there was a note that What's I read that? that said that um, this serial is the third serial in a row where we lost a main character. So hmm. two serials no, ago, right. we lost a companion. The last serial, we lost a companion. And then this serial, we lost the doctor. Is that, did I read that right? I, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so we so, lost yeah, Tegan and then who was the I other I think it goes, Nissa leaves... Uh, and then uh, Turlo leaves, uh, Nissa leaves two serials ago, and Turlo leaves the serial before this one. I know he's in the the, the last serial there. Turlo was a shorter-lived uh, companion, but and then here we lose the Doctor in this one. And so the Doctor, like the, the fourth Doctor, when a companion left, it's like, you know, it's just sort of like, okay, bye, and the companion's <laughs> gone, and it, it's just... Get out. He just... It, it was he was uh, happy to have people around, but it wasn't like he drew an emotional connection, at least not how it seemed on screen. And so now the fifth doctor, a man who wears an emotions right on his sleeve, 
okay. uh, for for right a, next a to companion a to go is just devastating to him. And so he uh, he's distancing himself intentionally, uh, at least most people think, uh, okay. with Perry. And that's you that's don't have enough of them interacting to really to really know that for sure. But that's what a lot of people feel. Now, the other thing that I was reading about Perry is that the sixth doctor also kind of pushed her away, even controversially so, because there's is there like an undercurrent that he like he blames her? Or oh you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, that may have been audio adventures. I think they were referencing audio okay. adventures. Is that okay? So never mind. Never mind. I didn't I know that their their start, you know, once once you get into the next serials, their start is not all that close. But the sixth doctor is in is is not one that it, you know gets gets as close as the fifth doctor to the companions. Okay, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I, he's not like the the I just described for the fourth doctor, but uh, still not quite as like the fifth. But they do they do form a, a relationship, you know, not a romantic one, but you know, they so, do become close as Perry goes on. Granted, I, I know relatively little about the fifth doctor and absolutely nothing about the sixth, other than his opening bit there, but it it. It felt to me like, and this is jumping the timeline a little bit, but it felt a little to me like the regeneration from 11 to 12, where 11 was like childlike, you know, as River said, you know, insists on the face of a 12 year old. And then we go from him to like the stodgy old man. Is that, am I reading that? Yeah. Where he, could, he felt a little more cold yeah. at first. Yeah. You could say that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like twelves, like I, I, I just got to say, like I don't like six. <laughs> just based <laughs> off of that opening scene, I'm like, well, I don't like you at all. You know, Shame. hashtag not my doctor. Um, yeah. 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 Like, thank goodness we got rid of that guy, that Davison dude. Like, it's my time. Um, and I'm and I'm mostly tongue in cheek there, but I kind of felt the same way about twelve, where I was like, ah. Like, what is this guy doing? I grew to love him. Um, and, you know, and so I'm sure, I'm sure there's, there's wonderful things about six that we're going to get to see. So anything else about Perry from the noobs or from uh, Jared or not really, not really? Yeah, not one a of lot. my favorite companions, but no, not, not too much more. To Did you say there. not one of your favorite or one of your favorite? Oh, she is not. She's okay. not. She, is there I, a reason for that? Like she wasn't around long enough. You just don't. Care for um, her for no particular you know, reason. I, I I mean I find her a little annoying. Oh, to be really? honest. <laughs> but, well, I I feel like I feel like she is a she is what British people thought 1980s California women were like. Oh, is she uh, from California? Or, or Americans in general? Yeah, she's a California college student. Oh, with a name like Purple Gilliam. Is she from like the year yeah. fifty seven ninety two or some crazy thing or? No, no, modern times. Well, the eighties. She's from nineteen eighties California, and her name is Purple Gilliam. <laughs> you know, and then it explains why her last maybe, name is Brown. Parents were hippies. Yeah. I, okay, yeah. Her middle name is Sunflower. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah, I definitely hey, need to go I, listen to that I, primer. I had a I had a camper years ago whose name was Dragon. So you know, it takes oh, all kinds. Hey. Oh, I got, I, I can top that. I, I had twins, twins, my first week of my first year as a, as a summer camp counselor, twin brothers named Josh and Joshua. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Twin brothers. 
<laughs> and if you called Joshua Josh, he would look you dead in the eye without batting an eye and no no wink or nod or nothing and go, my name is Joshua. <laughs> yes, sir. Sorry. And then he would punch you across the so face my, and my, throw you to the ground. My first week of my first summer, I had them both in my cabin. So that was good because I got to spend all week with them and learn to tell, I could tell the difference between them and I knew which one was which and blah, blah, blah. The next year they put them in different cabins, which messed everybody up. Yeah. So at any rate, um, so that brings us to who is the fifth doctor. So I want to ask the the noobs here overall, what do y'all think of the fifth doctor? This is not, by the way, for us, this is actually not our first encounter with the fifth doctor because we got to see him in time crash uh, briefly. Um, but because of that, we got a little bit of background info on him. So what did you guys think of the fifth doctor? He was definitely not as funny as I thought he would be. Like I thought he would be more playful and stuff. Yeah, he was yeah. very sarcastic though. Which oh yeah, he was. Very snarky, especially when like being held captive at gunpoint. Um, he just like liked to poke the tiger there. I thought that was great. I thought he was fun. Jared, Jared, was he, um, how would you say he behaved in this episode compared to generally speaking? Was this, was this typical fifth doctor? Yes. Um, for the most part, yes. It, it's a little bit on the darker side, but, uh, he, he definitely is snarky. He's definitely, uh, I mean, he's, he's more youthful and playful than you see in this episode as much, but. Okay. That's, uh, that's what I was expecting. Yeah. The general feel feeling is there, though. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So he's kind of like the. Oh yeah, I hope we're going to have a very good time here, right? Like being held captive against our will <laughs> at gunpoint. Like, he was very sarcastic and like funny to be around because. Right. <laughs> like. But also very annoying to the people holding him captive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that is the doctor, though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but like this especially. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Shoot. He's me? cracking jokes, and they're like. If you keep saying stuff like that, I'm gonna literally kill you. Yeah, I love He's when like, the, I love when oh, uh, kill me. That's happened before. <laughs> yeah, I love it when Jack was like, "Do not mock me, sir," and I was like, "You are taking this way more seriously than the doctor is." Just so you know, just so you're aware, that was fantastic. Um, yeah, I thought um, you know again because what I have seen of him was probably more. Like if this if this episode if this storyline is a shade darker than the than the fifth doctor normally is, I would say time crash. I would be willing to bet is two or three shades sillier. Am I right about that, Jared? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, it was a it's comic time relief. Time crash. Of course, they they really went in. You know, they hit it's, all of his stereotype exactly. points. Oh, look at me. I'm wearing a vegetable. Yeah, that's my favorite. That's that might be one of my favorite lines that David Tennant ever spoke uh, as the doctor. Is, oh, look at me. I'm wearing a vegetable. <laughs> um, so uh, that that was what I had seen of him. So seeing this, you know, kind of going from a an almost parody of himself version of the doctor in Time Crash to this apparently slightly darker than normal was a little bit of a shock, yeah. but, but overall, I mean, I, you know, I thought he was great. I, I liked him as the doctor. So, uh, so let's see, he commented on the this last, Oh, what's that? Just for the record, as far as classic who goes, this is my doctor. This is, I, you've told us that I'll, yeah. I'll watch. Yeah. Okay. I'll watch fifth doctor anytime. Anywhere. And, and by the way, um, I read this several times, several different places, but this episode, for, for you, the noobs' knowledge here, this episode was rated, I think, in a Doctor Who magazine poll or in a couple of other places as the number one episode of Doctor Who. And I was like, 
Wow. Um, there was there was a particular survey where this cereal was ranked number one, and the next cereal, the the one that you know the first one with the sixth doctor was number two hundred on a list of two hundred. <laughs> Holy. So it said that it literally bookended the survey was this one and the next one. So it's like a major fall off in fan appreciation. Um, this was at a time when the, the last, uh, cereal of a season was like the worst one of the season. It just, that obviously that wasn't planned or anything, but that just seemed (laughs) to be what happened. And so Jonathan Nathan Turner, the the new showrunner comes in and he decides, okay, we're going to have this regeneration instead of doing it as the last, the, the regeneration story as the last story serial of the, the season we'll have one more serial with the new doctor. So it like kept it up too. It kept up the tradition of being like the worst of the whole season as the last one. So, which is ironic because if he'd, if he'd had gone with the regeneration episode as the finale, he would have ended with the best episode apparently yeah. or the best right, serial. Right. Um, the one you, before it would have been horrible. Right. <laughs> so why, why this bonus episode tacked, tacked on? Like why have a post regeneration story in the same season. In this, yeah, no, yeah. I have no idea. Okay, okay. I mean, so I, I know that happened with why, the first Doctor. Yeah. I mean, it, maybe the idea was you introduce the new Doctor, you get some time to get to know him, and then before you go on break so that you're maybe more enticed to, to keep watching when season starts up again. I don't know. Uh, see, to me, in, in, in my limited uh, experience with regenerations and, more importantly, the fan base, that sounds like the worst idea <laughs> yeah. because the first episode of a new doctor is usually very controversial. It's not like, always well received. It's it, okay. It's, it's well received by some and then absolutely, you know, murdered by, uh, by others. How dare yeah. Yeah. I mean, hashtag murder. not my doctor will be trending the day after a new doctor, you know, shows up um, just guaranteed. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who it is. Um, we, we could, we could, like bring William Hartnell back from the dead and have him become the 14th doctor. And people would be like, ah, it's not like it used to be, uh, you know, like there's, there's no, (laughs) there's no satisfying everybody. So I would think leaving, making the cliffhanger moment, (laughs) making the thing that they have to sit on for a whole year before the next season be the first episode of a new doctor sounds like, and, and apparently I'm right because it was, it was the worst episode of all time, apparently. So, um, anywho, that's, that's just all Why kinds of fun. Ever do this? It's yeah. Horrible. Seems, seems like how long did, did that showrunner not last very long? <laughs> that sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> well, he made a lot of, uh, controversial decisions, um, such as he, he was the one responsible for getting rid of the sonic screwdriver. He also oh, yeah. said that no one who's written for doctor who before can write again. I want all new writers. Holy crap. Wow. And so, yeah. So, so he that, did, so I mean, he, he did run, run the show for a while. It wasn't like it was short lived, but, uh, he, he was controversial. So does that mean the fifth doctor never faced the Daleks because we didn't get a Terry nation episode or, or am I reading too much? Well, they, they definitely did. Um, okay. I don't know how that, that works out, but yeah. So it was either written by someone other than Terry nation or, or something. I guess so. I, I, I didn't, okay. I never thought about that and to, to look it up, but yeah. Yeah. Some, and you know, they, they obviously they worked it out somehow. 
Right. You bring up a good point that I forgot to mention up in the checklist is, you know, under Jiggery Pokery, we, we had, you know, the TARDIS was a non-factor in this episode. Um, just got us there and then took us away at the end. Um, oh, uh, well, of, one, one thing of note, and maybe this is more for the regeneration section later, but this is the first time that a regeneration took place in the TARDIS since the first Doctor's regeneration. All of them in between had been outside the TARDIS. Um, but um, this was also the first time, or, excuse me, this was a no Sonic episode because it had been banned. Um, so I'm trying to think now, I, we still haven't seen the Sonic in Classic Who, have we? In the episodes that we've watched? I think so, <laughs> which is unfortunate. We should have seen the third. His his was ostentatious, uh, third Doctor. It actually had uh, different um, accessories you could put on. Oh, oh my gosh, really? <laughs> so it really was MacGyver? That's awesome. That's awesome. The yeah, MacGyver he was James Bond. James Bond. That's James Bond. Gotcha. All right. Well, we got a little off track. We were talking about who is the uh, who is the fifth doctor. So some of the things here, um, he commented that um, early in the uh, the first episode, he commented something about the last time he stopped by Androzani. And then he said, I'm pretty sure it wasn't in the future. <laughs> it's yeah. like he's like, things haven't changed that much. You know, since the last time I was here, I don't think that was the future. I love I love that uh, that concept. You not only have to remember where you've been, but what year it was when you were there last. Um he makes mention, I thought this was a, a great, uh, we're going to do a new who connection <laughs> in a classic who episode. He tried <laughs> keeping a diary once, not in chronological order, of course, but the problem with time travel is one never seems to find the time. I thought that was hilarious <laughs> wow. that a time traveler never seems to have the time to keep a diary. So, um, I, were, were there I ever, uh, yeah, well, she's not a time traveler for a living the way the doctor is. For a she's, living. she's an archaeologist she just time travels as a hobby that's all yeah the doctor so, gets paid to time travel. I, well um uh sure by all the humans that he stays with i love the uh the line he says at one point i never should have followed those tracks curiosity has always been my downfall and i was thinking about some of the episodes that we've seen in you know in the last little bit where um like the um uh what was the one? Oh, closing time where he went to say goodbye to, to Craig and, like, and then he's like, off. stop noticing, stop noticing, stop noticing. I'm definitely not scanning for unusual energy patterns, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And how many times have we seen particularly 11 get sucked in just out of, out of pure curiosity. Like every single story. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. It was like a well, lot of interesting. Yeah. And then uh, I, now I can't remember who said this line to the doctor. I don't remember if it was Jack or somebody else. He says, your sense of humor will be the death of you probably very soon and i was like dun 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 <laughs> Which is foreshadowing i'm gonna kill you yeah yeah pretty much um okay now now jared um you know what let's let's do this let's uh let me let me uh do the do the patreon bit here and then we're gonna jump into um talking about regenerations because I've, I've got a i've got a question about regenerations on a production level that I want to come back to. So guys, Noobs and Whovian, as always, is brought to you by listeners like Victor and this guy. Hey, that's me. It's Jared. Jared. If you find value in what we do and you want to give a little bit of value back, here's what you can do. Head on over to patreon.com slash Noobs and the Whovian and become a, I think I just said Whovian. It's Whovian with an I. And become a supporting patron of family-friendly independent media today. All right, so um, somebody rearranged the notes here. We're going to jump into, can we talk about regenerations? So production level, Jared, 
Um, would everyone have been aware that this was a regeneration serial when it was airing originally? Or would this have been a surprise? Jeez, that's a good question. I would think. Because, um, I mean, I mean the, the, the reason I bring it up is that nowadays the, we know like, you know, 12 months in advance, I feel like that, you know, a, a regeneration is coming or a companion is on the way out. I mean, there's already rumors about okay. which companions will still be around for season 13, you know, before season 12 even finished airing. Um, so do you know how long that's been a thing? I, I you know, I, I really don't. I, I know that um, Davidson was uh, pretty set on three, three seasons. Uh, you know, he came oh, really? in to Dr. Who an, an accomplished actor already and did not want to get uh, pigeonholed in, into that part. So it, it's very possible that uh, they, they knew he was the, the fans knew he was leaving this season, but being, being that it wasn't the final serial of the season, maybe they Ooh. didn't know. Oh uh, yeah, so that, you know, that maybe that was maybe that was new. Even if they knew he, this was his final se season, yeah, that that's that's interesting because you know we've we've got this we've got this weird combination of first of all every like I said everybody knows nowadays. Um, even when I finally caught up to Doctor Who, I caught up with Capaldi, um, and the first season that I watched as it aired was his final season. And like, I think we knew going into that season that it was his last season and he didn't even, it was, it was a, well, here I am giving things away too, but you know, it was a Christmas special that he actually went out on. So we knew maybe a year in advance that uh, there was a regeneration episode coming up. And like I said, now, anymore, you are my, you already know when a companion is on the way out, there's all the rumors that fly around and then they get confirmed and then they get more confirmed and we just we just came through a surprise companion exit on the podcast because i did everything in my power to keep that from the noobs here and that was hard like even like just talking about the episodes i had to try and be purposefully cryptic and vague and every now and then i would throw throw a bone to the Whovians that, you know, like, Hey, you know, we all know what's coming and these guys don't, but I've always wondered like in classic who was it as well known? Like when the, you know, when the second doctor regenerated, did anybody know that was coming? Obviously nobody knew it was coming with the first doctor because it wasn't a thing. Um, so I've just, I've always, I've always been curious as you know, how much of a surprise is it in classic who when someone's going out, whether it's a, a companion or a doctor. So the other thing about regenerations down to, I guess it's still production level. Trip asked the question earlier. What did you say? Is this what all regenerations looked like? Oh or yeah, yeah. We're what like, do you mean by that? A bunch of heads like coming in and then like around. <laughs> like doctor, doctor, doctor. You should die. You shouldn't die. You should die. I'm like, Jared, I need to show them the second wild, doctor's wild, regeneration because like, they haven't seen that either. Yeah, that one's even trippier. <laughs> Um, yeah. so no, the floating heads thing is that that was a. I, I think that's the first and only that I can think of. Um, uh, yeah, and, and it's his, it's his companions and the master that are coming into mind, you know, when right. he's, I love there. the way those floating heads seem to float up out of his head. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like they, they were telegraphing. Mouth. 
Yeah, yeah, one of them, yeah, a couple of them did look like it was coming out of his mouth. Um, he was just popping them up onto the floor, and then they just started floating right. around. And in all of the in all of the um, YouTube mashup videos of every Doctor's Regeneration, there's like oh, a million no. of them on YouTube. I've watched them over and over and over again. I have never seen that part of this regeneration. I'd only ever seen the actual switch where he rolls over, and you know is is the new Doctor. I had never seen that bit, so that one threw me. <laughs> when we got to that part in this episode, I was like, I don't remember. And it did, it definitely reminded me of the second Doctor's re regeneration. Um, so the when you look when you look at the ninth Doctor's regeneration, and that was the first one we came across, mm -hmm. and now we've seen the tenth Doctor's regeneration, and it was the same thing, right? Yeah. Except more violent. That's like the only difference is it blew up the TARDIS, basically. When you compare that to every other classic Who regeneration, it's like, it's like, what? yeah, like, like Jared, when, when, so you, I'm trying to remember your timeline. You, you saw classic Who and then watched New Who later, right? So, when nine regenerated tell tell us about that <laughs> did did like the back of your head just blow off or like <laughs> uh i'd say no i mean obviously the production level was much better and then being able to show it was very different but uh i don't know i guess i was i would expect it to be better um it wasn't but it's not about it, it's it, not it wasn't just about a, better yeah. It's like completely different. Yeah, it's not. At I mean, it's all not like. Oh right, sure. Because right. like, okay, so uh, gosh, help me out here. How did it happen this time? Because I just, I just rewatched uh, one of the compilation videos, and now I can't remember what the effect was here. How did, how did we go from one actor's face to another actor's face? The screen gets really pixelated. Yeah. It's on Davison, and it gets all pixelated and not really wavy, yeah. but boxy. Oh yeah, 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 um, yeah. Because all the all the heads are comes back around. into focus, kind of radiating out from the doctor. Right. The pixels go, and then and then when it comes back into focus, it's it's on. It's a new the sixth doctor. Okay. All right. So that you know what? Honestly, that's probably the closest to to the new Who regenerations, because like four to five, uh, or no, I'm sorry, three to four is the one I'm thinking of. Three to four. The one actor's laying there, and then and it's then, like a soft fade into the new actor. Mm. That's mm -hmm. that's it. That's the one time you don't even see his face until the next episode. Like he falls down on the floor dead or whatever, and then the, the second doctor. Yeah, the second doctor has this really trippy thing that happens, and then it just ends. And then the next season begins. By the way, in color, with the third doctor hey. falling out of the TARDIS face first into a bed of flowers, like out in a field. And then standing up, and that's the reveal. Um, so yeah, it's inconsistent to say the least. Uh, the way regenerations happened. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is, like, it, it's it'd be one thing, like that that fade from three to four, four to five was similar too, right? Where there was like there was the fade, but there was the watcher transition, right? Yes. Okay. So so for for the sake of those who haven't seen it. It again, it's just a camera fade from one to another, but there's a transitional 
there's a couple of transitional forms. And if you took that concept, but then put 2009 technology or 2005 technology and made Eccleston's face CGI morph into David Tennant's face, I'd be like, oh, okay, right? That's kind of in keeping. But the fact that he is standing up and then explodes with this energy, it's like, what? Now, <laughs> regeneration energy is a thing? Yeah, regeneration energy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, was that ever, that wasn't a thing in Classic Who, right? Regeneration energy or what? No, 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 no. Definitely right, not. Right, right. So, doesn't he use that to like heal River? Yeah, he healed River's broken wrist with it. Like, oh, like, apparently that's a, it's like Superman, you know, throwing the plastic version of his logo off and tangling up Zod. Like, where did that power come from? All of a sudden, do that way. Yeah. Why? <laughs> why haven't you been doing that all along? One, why can you do that? And two, how was that useful at all? <laughs> yeah, well, and but with the doctor's case, like, why haven't you used that on people before? Yeah. dying things, not a broken <laughs> wrist. <laughs> broken wrist, yeah. No, yeah, like if you can that. just summon that. Why would that? you do that? Yeah, oh, exactly. You fixed my wrist. Why would you ever do that? Oh, no, I'm dying. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, I can't Sad to see you, you go. <laughs> so, bye-bye. So, um, I'll, uh, guys, I'll have to, uh, show y'all a, one of those compilation videos so that you can see how radically different, um, it's like a weird fading thing to like a guy exploding. Um, yeah, fire. I mean, it is, it is completely different. And like I said, this, this one would probably be the closest one where there's some sort of, it appears some sort of radiation, you know, something shooting out, like you were saying, getting all pixelated and those kinds of things kind of like it's coming out of the doctor um, is maybe the closest, uh, closest regeneration. And then, um, and then as we'll see, Whovians, you know, we'll totally just retcon that back into eight and, and various other things and, you know, stuff like that. So, but what are you going to do? Um, so let's see overall impressions. Uh, okay. Overall impressions. We changed up our classic who episodes a little bit. Does it hold up? So this is where oh. we talk about our bad special effects uh, section. I think we already did that. Well, <laughs> we already. There was also the no. ship flying above the planet, oh, yeah, that which was, was also, also not very good. Oh yeah, just more stuff to hate on. Oh, like he was about to crash into <laughs> the planet in like three seconds, but like you could still see the entire I can, planet. I can hear Jared cringing right now. <laughs> My no, childhood, like the fact that they could see the whole planet and they were about to crash into it. It's not. Don't. Crash. We've talked before about how no t- TV show or movie ever gets proportions in space accurate. None of them ever do, except for maybe Interstellar. The ship turning, but also you can see the whole planet. Right, what? right. So apparently that planet is the size of like this little ship, uh, this room. Yeah. Um, any other? Um, oh yeah. Okay. Here we go. Under makeup, I put the Queen Bat, aka Chuck E. Cheese, because Corbin said it looked like uh, something out of Five terrible. Nights at Freddy's or something. Um, anything as far as the as far as the acting? I mean, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time with you know Gen Zs and millennials bashing on 1980s acting, but. Uh- um, was there anything in, acting is so bad. anything in particular that y'all wanted to point out? I don't know, just the general, oh, I got shot. I'm going to fall down like really weirdly. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't think we got that right until the 2000s. Wasn't uh, I hating <laughs> on someone's mind delivery? What's that? I Maybe it was a different... <laughs> You're thinking of the soliloquy thing. thing, just him staring at the camera probably. Well, yeah. No, 
I, there was something where I was just like, that person's line delivery is terrible, but it might not have been this episode. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so overall, does it hold up? Jared, Jared, in, in, I don't know, an email or text message to me, one was saying that we're probably still too far back in time for you guys to appreciate any of these episodes. <laughs> so does it hold up overall? What do you guys think? Just nope. thumbs up, thumbs down. Nope. Thumbs down. down. It's horrible. Yes. Cor- oh, Corbin gave it a thumbs up. Two thumbs way up. Cor- Corbin gave it a thumbs up. So, so Jared, this for you, um, the fifth doctor was your first doctor, right? Am I remembering that? Yeah, right? fourth and fifth doctor. It's, it's one of those two. Okay. All right. All right. And, and, and saw the others later. So fifth doctor is, uh, is, is your guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, plus having, having grown up in the eighties, I, I have a, I think, a, a, a soft spot for, uh, production quality at the time. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was something about, like I said, the frame rate and the lighting that I, like I was thinking about, I don't know, Knight Rider and the fall guy and, you know, like all those shows that I, that, that I watched growing up that it, it was definitely of that same era. I so. mean, the first star Wars was released in the eighties. Right. And I know that's, that you have never seen, it was actually 79 and you have never seen the movie that was released in 1979. Yeah, you have CGI never laid your eyes on it. Yes, so you it's not a fair comparison because any Fine. any version of it you've seen you've probably seen three versions of it that are not the 1979 edition of that movie. So it's it's really hard to compare. All right, so overall rating out of ten, uh, Jared. Let's we'll we'll give you the uh, actually you know what Jared we're gonna save you for last. We're gonna save you for last on the out of okay. ten. So Trip, you want to kick us off? Five. Ooh, five what? Jeez. Five out of ten horrifying faces. <laughs> horrifying Definitely faces. Definitely horrifying. Gotcha. All right, uh, uh, Corbin, what do you, what do you think here? I'm thinking seven out of ten uh, snakes from Metal Gear. Snakes from Metal Gear. <laughs> Still All right. Um, yeah. So there. Yeah. Yeah. What? It wasn't my favorite. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't the best. Um, There's no reason this episode had to happen at all. Uh, you know, the Wikia did point out that um, this is this is the type of episode where if the doctor, like, so because the doctor showed up, everybody died, a war broke out, and he died. And if he hadn't ever come to Androzani Minor, none of those things would have ever happened or something like that. And I was like, probably, nah, that's, that's arguable. Like there was already some gun running going on and things like that. So um, I'm going to give it seven out of 10 uh, deadly mud bursts. Jared, what do you, what have you got? I think you got a, a typo in yours there. Uh, yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I'm going to give it as far as, uh, classic who goes, I'll, I'll preface this. I'm going to give it 10 out of 10, Whoa. uh, milking bat Queens came out um, strong because I do think for, for a classic who episode, this is, this is really to me as good as it gets. Uh, if I'm comparing it with all of who, uh, I I'm still going to give it, I, at least an 8.5. Wow. Wow. That's 10, 10 is, is, a, is just a strong one there. That's amazing. And you know, the thing that I always remind myself is, um, I can, I, you could pull up Netflix and pull up any episode of Star Trek TNG and I will be entertained for 45 minutes. Yeah. You, any episode. And, and I know every part of it and oh, I will, I will remember most of it every time you watch. Right. Um, but on the flip side of that, um, there are people who didn't come to Star Trek until disco 
and they're going to watch it and go, this is garbage. What, what are you, why are you so nostalgic for this? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, why is the entire ship carpeted like the Hilton in space? I mean, when they get shot, they (laughs) fall over in the most unnatural way. They, they, the screen goes all in. What do you mean? They killed her with a pile of, of ink toner. What do you mean? Like, um, I'm not joking. That actually happened. There was, there was, there's there's a character who was killed by a puddle of ink toner. Metamucil and ink toner. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's the thing is um, I, I have to, I have to keep that in mind. So I will definitely give this a, a seven out of 10 because I'm, I'm grading it on the classic who curve like Jared is there. So um, creep level. Do we want to go creep level? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't very creepy. It was meant to be, but it definitely Jared, wasn't. Jared set the bar. What's, what's your creep level on this? Uh, you know, I, honestly, if watching it now, uh, and, and even <laughs> probably the first time I saw it, not truly that creeped out. But as as far as knowing how the episodes go, uh, it it was creepier. And I mean, Jack, you know, his outfit's kind of creepy that that full leather yeah. thing. Uh, so, yeah, I I I said I I'd say I'd go ahead and give it probably a three hundred um, for for the time. Yeah, so uh, for, gonna, for the for, for classic who right, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to say I'm going to give it a full 375 for 1984 standards and a 125 for 2020 standards. <laughs> so, Trip, what do you I mean you for for watching it today? I'd, I'd it'd be and, like a 10, 50, somewhere around there. Exactly, exactly. Trip, what do you think? I'm going to give it a one that wanted to be a 500. A one. <laughs> it tried so hard to be true. It tried so hard. That's right, Corbin. What do you what do you got? I mean. Obviously, I can't say for the 80s because I wasn't alive in yeah. the 80s, but 20. I mean, I there say 20, which basically means nothing. But <laughs> Right, right. Okay. All right. So um, that brings us to listener input. Um, in addition to the milestone that we hit today with 100 episodes, we reached another huge milestone a few weeks back that we mm-hmm. just kind of forgot to mention. <laughs> Like this was a big giant thing that we've been watching like a hawk. And then when it happened, we forgot to say anything about it. Um, but about uh, when I looked, I think it's been about five weeks ago now, we actually reached 10,000 downloads. So that's, you know, across all 100 episodes. So I guess we now, you know, we officially average about 102 downloads. Because last time I checked, we were at 10,200 10, or something yeah. like that. Um, and it changes daily, but so, so we're averaging, I guess, about a hundred episodes, a hundred downloads per episode aggregated out over time. Um, so, uh, we just wanted to take a minute and say, thanks. I mean, that's, that's amazing that we hit that, uh, that mark. I don't know why we didn't mention it. When it happened. Like when it happened, we were like, woohoo. And then I think we probably, it's probably because we noticed it. We check our stats after Corbin uploads a new episode. Yeah. So like we record he edits, he uploads, and then we see the stats. So like a whole week went by before we even had the opportunity. And um, the other day I was like, I need to make a note of this so that we don't forget it. And then I forgot to make a note of it <laughs> that week. Wow. It was two weeks later I and I went, make a note wait a minute. To remember to make a note. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so thank you guys uh, that have been around for, uh, for these 100 episodes and these 10,000 downloads. Um, I have a section in our notes here. Can we talk about a hundred episodes? But we've gone, uh, we've gone long as we always do. Whenever we say we don't have very many notes, yeah. uh, we've gone a little long. So here's what I want to do. I, Jared, are you up for a 0.5? 100.5? Sure. What was that? Why not? Okay. Sure. Why not? 
<laughs> you you skyped out, so you all we heard was er. <laughs> I was like, was that sure or ner? I don't know. Um, all right, so we'll 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 um, break off and do a, a point a quick point five episode talking about. 100 episodes so that means the game plan is that next week we resume series seven with the mid-series premiere the bells of saint john and so um that's gonna that's gonna kick us into uh the the rest uh, you know the the majority of season seven which is on this back half which i said is arguably season eight but whatever whatever so uh check out the bells of saint john and i don't happen to have the schedule here with me uh but in a few episodes We'll have, I think, our next timey wimey, perhaps. Yeah, I, again, I don't have the schedule uh, right in front of me, so We're very well prepared podcast. Yeah, that's good. Well, there's weeks, there's weeks before uh, before all that, and we'll make sure that we get that out there. But I'm pretty sure that our that it's our next timey wimey, which will be uh, Bill and Ted two, uh, Bill and Ted's bogus journey. So which I'm actually looking forward to. Glad to cool. glad to know. <laughs> Thanks for the input. <laughs> Guys, News on the Hoovian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. I'm Trip. Our production editor is the other guy. I'm Corbin. And our classic Who expert is this guy. Me? Oh, I'm Jared. <laughs> I love the I love the question mark exclamation point on that one. Special thanks to tardis.wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks as always to Victor and for, and to Jared for their Patreon support. You can find us on uh, facebook.com slash noobs and the Whovian. You can email us at noobs and the Whovian at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at noobs Whovian. Consider supporting us at patreon.com slash noobs and the Whovian. Wherever you have found us, uh, make sure that you subscribe, leave us a rating, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And we're the news. And there's the classic Whovian. I'm Jared. And we will see you next time. Goodbye.